you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether you ride a bike, a Bronco, or a skateboard, Wrangler jeans are for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits. All price points, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selection of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler Real Comfortable Jeans. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here on Move the Sticks with a, a loaded episode today. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Uh, this has been a crazy week. So much ball. So many things going on. A lot of interesting storylines. One thing that I want to bring up, and I'm kind of throwing this on you, um, I want to kind of lean on your experience in Baltimore because at the time you were in Baltimore, you had a bunch of wild, bodacious personalities, but they yep. all seem to be on the same page. When you look at the mess and the things that are coming out of Pittsburgh, Levy and Bill sitting out waiting for a contract or just kind of waiting till he has to report on the franchise tag, you have Big Ben kind of going through his normal drama. And then Antonio Brown doesn't show up for work on Monday. <laughs> What do you make of that? Did you have to see any of that stuff when you were at Baltimore? Did y'all have to deal with any of those kind of instances and situations? Well, the interesting thing is we had some huge personalities, as you mentioned, uh, with Ray and you had Ed, premier players. Chris McAllister was a unique personality. Uh, Jamal was Jamal Lewis was a little more quiet and to himself. Suggs, obviously a huge personality. But um, the one thing about that, those guys all got along. you know. So you had – they were all individuals who uh, – who had their unique personalities, and obviously with Ray, you got a real boisterous guy. Um, but all those guys genuinely, I think, liked each other, and they enjoyed playing with each other. So uh, they had some different interests, you know, going different ways off the field and all that. But uh, I thought once you got into the building, the group genuinely liked each other. That's what I question about Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, we'll get into the rest of the show here in a minute, but that that's what I wonder. Do these guys even like each other? That's, that's my question. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird deal because um – when you go back and you look just over the last calendar year with all the stuff that has transpired, Ben, K-1, 
kind of going in and out of whether he wants to be retired, if he wants to play. Uh, the fallout with Villanueva and the anthem, uh, he stands out. Everyone else is in the tunnel, kind of left the team on an island. They had to deal with that stuff. Then this year you have Lev Bell versus the offensive lineman. A.B. trying to figure out where he fits in. We you got see, PR guys getting we got old PR yeah, guys old getting old PR involved. guys kind of weighing in. And then you, you think about what you saw on the sideline with A.B. and the offensive coordinator. It just seems like there's a lot going. And, unfortunately, like, like Mike Tomlin is kind of under siege, which is crazy because when you look at his record, he, he's won 65% of his games. He's been to two Super Bowls, won one, uh, a bushel load of, of accolades and titles and wins that are historic. Um, but you wonder, does he have control of his squad? And ultimately, is he going to be a guy that is on the hot seat because of things that kind of exist in the locker room and outside of the locker room that aren't necessarily related to playing the game? Yeah, it's bizarre. I, I, I will uh, agree with you on that. To be through two weeks of the season, they have yet to record a win here. They get a loss and a tie, a big game for them coming up, which we will preview as we do all the, the matchups uh, on the schedule this week. We're going to do that each and every week where we go through every game. I'll take one team. Bucky will take the other. What we're looking for storyline-wise. We also have a huge interview on today's show. We've got Von Miller uh, that's going to join us and chat with him about the art of the pass rush, who he who he uh, studied, his uh, – how he came about this whole pass rush retreat that he's put together over the last few years. We're going to have a fascinating conversation with Von Miller. And then we're going to unleash Bucky's battle, something I'm, I'm really excited about. Where Bucky, having played, I know I know, folks, I'm sure most of our listeners know that Bucky played the National Football League. He scouted the National Football League. I don't know if everybody knows the fact that he played on both sides of the football, which puts you, puts you in rare company, Buck. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, pretty, that's pretty incredible to play on, uh, on both sides of the football. So in light of that, we're going to, uh, to let you go ahead and just bang out your five favorite matchups for the week. We'll call that our Bucky's battle. And then we'll get into uh, the picks where Bucky's got a little momentum going on some of these college picks as we transition over to the college side. Trying to stay focused, trying to make sure that I end up in the winner's circle at the end. You are very locked in right now on the <laughs> college side. Oh, and he's not hot. Saints at Falcons. Well, I've got the Saints in this one, and to me, I'm going to keep my eyes on Drew Brees. Had a chance to uh, to use NFL Game Pass, by the way, which is money. If you want to watch kind of the All-22 like the teams do, uh, you get a chance you can do that at home. You just go to uh, NFL.com slash Game Pass. You can sign up for it. I think they have a, what, they have a seven-day uh, free trial going on right now, Sully. That on, is uh, right, seven-day free trial. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to, to get, get that guy going. Yeah, so you can check that out. But I was on there, and I was watching Drew Brees and just the way he's played through the first couple games. Now they scored a zillion points there in that first game uh, against Tampa, and then that offense kind of bogged down a little bit. But the one thing about him, Bucky, is he's protecting the football. Hasn't thrown a pick through two games. So in this game against the Atlanta Falcons, I think if, if Drew Brees just protects the football, they're in pretty good shape. Uh, he doesn't put the football in harm's way when you go really study him. So I, I'm going to say if he keeps that trend going, I know they're one up and one down. I think there'll be another one up if, uh, if, he, if he plays the way he has. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it has to be there for the, for the Saints. But when I look at the Falcons, it's about red zone. they got to score points. We saw last week they were able to kind of get on track using Julio Jones as a decoy. I think this year becomes a more prominent figure. I think he gets targeted in the red zone, and I think he comes away with a score. If Julio Jones is able to kind of – Crack the, the, the force fuel that is kind of preventing them from getting to the end zone. I think the Falcons have a great chance of winning. Look for number 11 to be prominent in the game plan. Packers and Redskins. All right, we've got the Packers and the Redskins. When I look at the Packers here, this Redskins, I, look, I don't think the Redskins are very good. I don't think the NFC East overall is very good. So I, I'm anxious to see, can this – 
can this team, can this Packers team get some get some early momentum, get some three and outs in this game, and get a little mojo going on the defensive side of the ball? I, I don't think that the Redskins' offense poses much of a threat, but this is a test for this Packers' defense. Early on in the game, can they set the tone? Can they shut down what I think is a very average Redskins' offense? I mean, you're taking shots at the Redskins' offense. Not a fan. I think the Redskins are going to be okay. I think here's the thing that we have to see. Can Alex Smith – kind of open it up and kind of shed some of his risk-adverse ways. Look, he threw the ball over 40 times, but only still had fewer than 300 yards. He admittedly said, man, I need to kind of take some more shots, push the ball down the field. I don't know who becomes that field stretcher for them on the outside. It has to be more than Alex Smith dropping back and throwing it to Chris Thompson. If they can get a couple of plays, I'm going to say the magic number for me, if they can get four, four explosive plays, meaning four pass plays that go over 20 yards, I think they're well on their way to a win. Look for that. That could ultimately be the deciding factor. Alex Smith has to be a little more aggressive. Colts at Eagles. I'll take the Colts side of things here, and let's look at that front seven. Darius Leonard, who we've talked about, uh, we're both big fans of his coming out of South Carolina State. He's racked up 28 tackles. I believe he's leading the league right now. Uh, been ultra productive. But to me, it's that whole front seven. I think the Eagles, when they get a chance, they're going to see Carson Wentz for the first time. I think the Eagles try and take a little pressure off him, see if they can get their ground game going. So that front seven led by Darius Leonard, who already is the best player on this defense, what can they do? And also, once they get in past situations, this Colts defense, they got after the passer a little bit better than I thought they would. I think they have a handful of sacks here through a couple games. So can they heat up Carson Wentz? But to me, it all comes down to that front group. Yeah, that front group is going to have a lot of pressure because – I mean, as we have talked about it last year's MVP or should have been MVP, Carson Wentz returns to the fold. How do the Eagles get him on track? Is he a little rusty in his first live action um, in a regular season game? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they start. I think that first 15, that opening script, look for them to kind of put him on the move, get him comfortable, let him take a little shot to kind of settle into the game. I think we will see the best from Carson Wentz. He'll be a little rusty, but I think he'll get back on track quickly and settle into the group. Bills at Vikings. Wow, I got a tough assignment on this one. Uh, talking about this Bills team, I saw up close and personal last week, Buck. This is not a good outfit, and this is an offensive line that the Chargers, when you go back and watch the tape, generated a lot of pressure with four- and five-man pass rush. They weren't sending a lot of bodies, and the pass rush they're going to see from the Minnesota Vikings is going to be something to fear. So, uh, man, on the road with a rookie quarterback making his second start against that defense, run the ball. If you can punt, that's a great that's a great series, and just get the heck out of there. This is not going to end well for Buffalo. Oh, this is all about the Minnesota Vikings' ability to focus. Right now, everything is going to tell them that they should be able to really mollywop the Buffalo Bills. you got a rookie quarterback who is really trying to find his way. He's going to be nervous and jittery. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, it's about taking care of business. I want to look at that offense. I want to see Kirk Cousins continue to make strides. Made a bunch of killer throws uh, against the Green Bay Packers. That offense has looked pretty good. Let's continue to see if they can evolve. Look for Dalvin Cook to try and get on track. They need to get him on track because then they can be a balanced outfit. Raiders at Dolphins. Raiders, Dolphins. I'll tell you, this is not a name that I thought I'd be talking about at this point in the season. Jared Cook, can he keep this thing going? All the talk about the Raiders and no Khalil Mack, and one week Derek Carr struggled, the next week he played much better. Uh, but his, his go-to guy has been Jared Cook. Are you kidding me? Not, not a lot of people saw that one coming. Can he keep this thing going against the Miami Dolphins? Can the Raiders find their way to the winner's circle? That's what I'm keeping an eye on. Look, the Raiders started out great. Uh, Derek Carr was on fire throwing the ball all over the yard, but it was a bunch of five-yard passes. They kept 
you know, teams are going to continue to let them have that as long as they can keep the ball in front and not give up those explosive plays. For the Miami Dolphins, you know, it's it's really you're looking at them defensively. They've been pretty good. Um, let's see how kind of pressure they can put on Derek Carr to have to win the game. Can they take Marshawn Lynch away and make Derek Carr have to throw against loaded coverage? To me, this game is all about the Dolphins' defense. If that defense stands up, they will be 3-0. and Broncos at Ravens. I'll give you a name on this one. The, the uh, With Case Keenum's where you're going to keep your eyes here on the quarterback. But when I'm looking over to the other side, I'm going to cheat a little bit and get a little bit into the Ravens here, is, is Eric Weddle. With his, with his instincts and ball skills, Case Keenum's going to have to be good with his eyes in this game because nobody is better at reading the quarterback's mail than Eric Weddle. So let's see what Case Keenum can do. Eye control here. Get way in the weeds here. The eye control of Case Keenum is going to be big against this Ravens secondary, specifically against Eric Weddle. You know, that's a good point. Uh, Case Keenum is a guy who has played better in the fourth quarters than he played the first three quarters in both games. Uh, Found a way to get him back uh, to a win against the Raiders. It was improbable, but he got hot just enough. For the Baltimore Ravens, they got to have a better start than the way they started uh, on Thursday night uh, against the Bengals. Too far behind. Joe Flacco finally got into a rhythm, but he had three turnovers. Can he take care of the ball? I need a faster start from the Ravens' offense. Let's see who wins the first quarter. That could be the deciding factor. Bengals at Panthers. Let's see if this Bengals offense can stay hot. They throw up 34 points in back-to-back wins to start the season. And uh, a team we said, Buck, they were a little bit undervalued, a little underappreciated in the offseason. And Andy Dalton, for all the grief that he takes, is actually playing at a pretty high level right now. So can they keep that train rolling in this one against a very good defense they're going up against? Andy Dalton, to me, uh, last week we saw him focusing on A.J. Green early on to the, in this game. Look, the, the Panthers are a very good defensive team. They know that. They're going to go in there at home. They're going to try and take away A.J. Green, going to roll coverage in that direction. Andy Dalton, look for him to spread the ball around in this contest. Look, Andy Dalton has been on fire. And, look, it's part of what he was able to show in the preseason. He really looks good in this offense that is being directed by Bill Lazor. Uh, it's something that you have to worry about. For the Carolina Panthers, their defense has been solid. They've been rock solid, continue to be one of the better units. Offensively, it is about Cam Newton. He's been efficient. But the guy who is really emerging, Christian McCaffrey, they took him eight overall last year he's already had 100 catches uh fourth fastest to do that in nfl history averaging 40 rushing yards 70 receiving yards let's see if he can continue to spit out these 100 yard scrimmage games if he can do that panthers are well on their way giants at texans well, this will be a challenge here because this uh, offensive line for the Giants is gross, uh, especially on the right side there. <laughs> it's gross. They've al- it's gross. They've allowed eight sacks. The only thing is, though, the Houston Texans, in name, you'd think, oh, boy, we got a, we got a big-time front coming in there. Now, I know Clowney missed a game. And they're just, man, Buck, I think they've got three sacks. Houston's defense does not look like what we thought it would look like. So if the Houston defense can't take advantage of this New York Giants offensive line, then, then you have really raised the alarm. Uh, but to me, it's going to be about this Giants offense. How do you, It is what it is. Your offensive line is very average on the right side. How do you cover it up? You've got to do it with some screen game early. And, and even though Eli Manning is not Michael Vick, they have to move the launch point in this game and move him around a little bit. Yeah, they can't, can't let him sit on the spot. He sits on the spot. He's going to get knocked off his pin, very much like bowling. Uh, but look, 
Eli Manning is not the only quarterback that is under siege. Deshaun Watson has to play better. Had a 300-yard game a week ago, but you're still looking for more consistency from him. Can he connect with Nuke Hopkins? Can he get to some the ball to some of those other playmakers, Will Fuller specifically? If they can work the perimeter, they should be able to get back to scoring points. But Deshaun Watson has to play well. Look for Bill O'Brien to really set him up, put him in his comfort zone, allow him to do some of the things he did at Clemson. It had ignited that offense a season ago. Titans at Jaguars. Yeah, I don't know if you want to see the Jags right now, uh, the way they're locked in, especially defensively. Uh, this, to me, if you want to make a statement, Corey Davis, you want to make a statement, this is your opportunity. You're going to chance to see the, the corners, especially, specifically, Jalen Ramsey. Corey Davis wants to announce his presence to the league, this young receiver. Go make some plays against this group. So my eyes are on him. Yeah, he's going, he has a tough road to hoe because the Jaguars – are physical, they're nasty, they're salty, and they're playing at home. And I love this new tradition now where they have an old Jaguar stand at the top of the stadium and holler out, Duval! It is going to be tough for the Titans. I'm looking to see if Blake Bortles can continue to emerge as really the, the, the leader of that offense without Leonard Fournette, had a 300-yard game, lit up the New England Patriots. Let's see if he can sustain it. Maybe, just maybe, I'll be here eating my words about Blake Bortles because he's continuing to play at a high level, and maybe he makes his way into the conversation as a top-ten quarterback. Oh, and he's not hot. 49ers at Chiefs. All right, so we've seen a couple teams try to go toe-to-toe here with the Chiefs offensively and two great offenses with the Chargers and the Steelers. Shootouts that did not go their way. The Chiefs uh, were victorious. So I'm going to say, let's if you're the if you're the 49ers, maybe we try and switch this thing up a little bit. Let's let, let's not try and get in a gunfight here. Let's try and take the ball out of that Kansas City Chiefs offense hands. Let's control the line of scrimmage. Let's run the ball with Matt Breida, who's off to a hot start. Mix in uh, other other players in that run game. See if Alfred Morris get going or what have you. But to me. Control the clock. Let's try and keep that Chiefs offense off the field because we know what happens once they get out there. Hey, man, you can only hold the ball for so long. You can play Wisconsin <laughs> it's basketball. It's no shot clock. We need a no shot point, clock. you have to give it back. And when you give it back, <laughs> you're giving it to one of the best fast-break point guards in Pat Mahomes. What's interesting about Pat Mahomes' fast start, when I looked at the numbers on passes like fewer than 2.5 seconds, the dude is completing 84% of his passes Eight to zero touchdown to interception ratio, passer rating at 156. He is lights out because he is doing it, as you said, screens and scrambles. The ball is coming out, and he's letting his weapons, his playmakers do the work. Pat Mahomes is on fire because the Kansas City Chiefs are deceptively beating you with the quick game, not the long ball. Chargers at Rams. Well, I'll be at this one for a little uh, L.A. battle here between the Chargers and the Rams, and the Chargers have a tough task here going up against a Rams team, really clicking on all cylinders offensively, defensively. Uh, but I'm going to keep an eye here on this on this Chargers front. They did a nice job generating pressure on Buffalo, as I mentioned earlier, uh, with four and a five-man rush and a lot of attacking, a lot of creativity with who those four or five guys were. Derwin James uh, definitely involved as a blitzer last week. I think you continue to see him involved as a blitzer in this game. They've got to generate some turnovers. They've got to hit Jared Goff early, and they've got to find a way to steal a couple possessions. And to me, that comes with a creative pressure. That doesn't have to be a bunch of bodies, four or five-man rush like they did last week. Derwin James is a blitzer. Keep an eye on that one. 
Yeah, Derwin James is going to have to blitz because this this is a game where I think number 30 is going to be lathered up and touched the ball maybe 30 times. Ty Gurley is the centerpiece of the offense. They use Ty Gurley to really set everything up. Sean McVay does a great job of his openers, of setting things up. Whatever the run action that he shows early, he's going to use a couple of compliments off of that. But just know Todd Gurley will be involved. Todd Gurley's ability to control the game as a runner and receiver makes the Rams' offense go. I can't wait to see how they use him this week. Hey, hey Buck, what, real quick. You remember who sang the song Hurricane? Ooh. Hurricane. Oh, did and you, go you sing can it again. call me. You, you know that. Who is that? Who is that? Singing again. I, I, who I sings that song? Sit here and oh, you have to look that up because yeah. all I can hear, all I can hear in my when I hear when I say Derwin James, I I say Derwin James oh, and just kind of say to instead of Hurricane. Hurricane is who, it Luke Combs? No, no, that's a country song. I'm talking about old hip hop. I just pulled, I just pulled Come it, on. Pulled it up. I don't know, Bob uh, Dylan, Bob no. Dylan. No, yeah, I, I mean that's, it's not like too short. Who is it? Who am I no, thinking of? I don't, I, I the Click. Is it me After Dark? I need to hear a little bit of it, but uh, why wow, I'm thinking of that? I, I'm going to find that afterwards. Now it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, Luke Combs out there. It's not Luke Combs went to App State. He's a country <laughs> singer who went to App State. It's not Luke Combs. Trust me. Uh, all right, I'll come back to that. So our listeners will hit. Hit will let me know on that. I promise. All right, go ahead. What's the next one? Cowboys at Seahawks. <laughs> Cowboys Seahawks uh, got a win last week, Buck. The uh, the Cowboys did. I still think that offense is not it's not easy on the eyes. Uh, can they get going here against the Seahawks defense? It's been a little bit beat up. I know it might get some guys back, but I, I'm going to go here with this Cowboys offense and specifically that run game. Can they go up there and bully uh, this Seahawks front? That to me is what I'm looking at with the offensive line and the run game for the Dallas Cowboys. This game is all about number three. Russell Wilson has not played well. Uh, some have accused him of holding on to the ball too long. Uh, I would say some of that is a byproduct of Brian Schottenheimer's offense, which is completely different than the offense that he played in for a bunch of seasons under Darryl Bevel. He has to find his way in Schottenheimer's system, but he needs to play on schedule. And the guys on the perimeter, Tyler Lockett and others, they have to win. Life is tough on Russell Wilson right now. He's not playing well. they got to find a way to get him into a rhythm. Bears at Cardinals. Yeah, this is uh, this is about the improv. This is the improv because once things get off the script, uh, things have not looked good here for this Bears <laughs> offense. So to me, this is the night at the improv is what I'm deb- dubbing this game here with the Chicago Bears. Let's see what this offense looks like in quarter number two. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Can they find some kind of rhythm? Can they get things going once they get off that initial script? I mean, you talk about being on the script. I need the Cardinals to just find any kind of script that will get them beyond the 50-yard line. Why is Josh Rosen not starting? Can you answer that, that for I me? Mean, I, I don't know. Why? Maybe because Sam Bradford is getting $20 million. They're trying to be able to justify it. I, I don't know. But right now, the Cardinals have talked about simplifying their offense, trying to go with the less is more approach, just trying to find some kind of consistency and continuity. The offense has to score because I look at the defense. The defense is playing hard. They're giving everything. But when you know your offense cannot get the ball beyond the 50-yard line, it is hard to to remain optimistic. The offense has to stand up to give the defense some hope. Patriots at Lions. I'm looking at to see what the Patriots do in this game in terms of defensive strategy. Are you going to send bodies at the Lions and Matt Stafford, or are you going to play coverage? I think the answer is to play coverage. I think you're going to see the Patriots rush for the entire game, keep as many eyeballs on Matt Stafford as possible, and then just like Christmas, just be nice and say thank you for the presence as they arrive. 
<laughs> the presents may come. They may come in, in, in baskets, in droves. <laughs> I mean, because the Detroit Lions are struggling. The one thing that could help the Detroit Lions has been the common theme throughout Matthew Stafford's career. They need to have the running game. They need to be able to be a balanced attack. You don't want to play against the Patriots in a one-dimensional thing where Matt Stafford is throwing the ball all over the yard. But even beyond that, on defense, the defense has to show up. They are last in rushing yards allowed. So, you know, you can get a steady dose of a lot of running backs from the Patriots coming downhill. Matty P has to fix the defense. Defense has to give the Detroit Lions a chance to win this game. Oh, and he's not hot. Steelers at Buccaneers. Little Monday nighter here. Steelers, Bucks, Bucks as hot as anybody. Steelers desperate for a win. I'm keeping an eye on the Steelers secondary. Can they keep the ball in front of them? They could not do it against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buccaneers are one big play waiting to happen so far through two weeks. I'm sure they're going to come out attacking again in this one. Steelers defense, keep the ball in front of you and tackle somebody. Yeah, they can try and keep the ball in the front, but one thing we know about Fitzmagic, he is going to throw it over their head. He's going to die trying. Uh, Deshaun Jackson still making plays. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard for a secondary that has struggled of late. This is a bad matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's see if we can ride the hot hand. Oh, that's right. That's uh, that means we got a little Bucky's battle coming up here, Buck. We get to uh, let you have the floor here. Give us your five favorite individual matchups you're watching this week, and we're gonna have some crazy sound effects to drop in here as we go along. Crank it up. What's number one? Here we go. Janoris Jenkins versus Nuke Hopkins. When you look at the Giants versus the Houston Texans. Gaze your eyes outside and see what is that matchup looking like. Newt Hopkins is the number one receiver for the Houston Texans. He's a guy who can get open versus anybody. He really expands the strikes on with his ability to win those 50-50 balls. Look for Deshaun Watson to go at Janoris Jenkins. Look, Tavon Austin has success early in the game running a nine-route bomb. Look for them to test the vertical part of the field that Janoris Jenkins is covering. I'm a big fan of Janoris Jenkins. He's a very good player. But I cannot get that Tavon Austin play out of my head that you referenced last week. So I get to declare a winner in these battles, in these Bucky battles. And I'm going Hopkins. I'm raising his arm right now. Ooh, ooh. Matchup two is a spicy one. Keenan Allen versus Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. These guys know each other, having been in the division for so long. Man, I love Keenan Allen's ability to get a release off the line. He is like a basketball player going one-on-one off the wing in an isolation uh, offense. But then with Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, they'll worry less about Keenan Allen, and they will focus on looking at Phillip Rivers. Will Phillip Rivers give them one? We know he's a gunslinger. He's typically given those guys a number of interceptions. Can he find a way to keep it? Just going to number 13, Keenan Allen. All right, I got to declare a winner on this one, and everybody knows I call the games for the Chargers here, so I don't really have an option. Uh, It's going to be a fun battle. Uh, Last year, I'm just looking at the numbers, even just against uh, Marcus Peters. um, I think you had to see Keenan Allen 5 for 54 in the first meeting. In the second meeting, he had 5 for 61. So pretty pretty average numbers there, but I'm I'm, – I'm saying this happens this week. And it might the, the trick is they might get him in on the slot a little bit more. He can kind of get away from those corners as well. So I'm going to say Keenan Allen wins, but it's it, it, there's some controversy in the decision. Is is he winning? Is he winning if he goes away from him? How no, he's he's going to get some. He'll get he'll get his he'll get a little bit outside, but he's also going to go inside a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. I had right. to fudge that one a little bit. Had to fudge that one. Yeah, here we go. Matchup 3. Uh, do you play No, no boxing gloves. Oh, okay. I was waiting. I was waiting. 
I was waiting for the boxing gloves and, 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 and the theme music. <laughs> Here we go. Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones versus Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, and Julio Jones, you're talking about an MVP candidate, a guy who can really take the top off the defense, run every route from outside. It's terrific with the ball in his hands on those catch-and-run concepts. Marshawn Lattimore is the reigning defensive rookie of the year. Has been up and down a little bit early in the year, but maybe this is the week that he gets back on track. I don't like this matchup for Lattimore just because they're going to feed the ball to Julio Jones. I just don't know if Lattimore can stand up to the pressure and the barrage that the ball is coming his way. Here's where I have a surprising decision because Marshawn Lattimore is the winner of this battle, and it's benefited by the fact that their front is going to get loose a little bit against this Atlanta Falcons offensive line, force that ball out quick, and he's going to go get one. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, this is personal. This is personal because these are the kind of battles that typically take place on the practice field. Tom Brady versus Matt Patricia, the former defense coordinator for the New England Patriots. All those years when Tom Brady would go at the defense in those scrimmages and those control team periods, now he gets to let loose. I don't like this matchup for Matty P because their defense <laughs> has not been on par. And then the Patriots are coming off a loss. Whew, this could get ugly in the Motor City. How did you see how mad Tom Brady was on the sideline? Oh, last week. Woo, guess who? Guess who's gonna get that anger this week? Uh, Miss Matt Patricia. It, it's not gonna end well for the Detroit Lions. You're gonna see a very motivated, very upset uh, Tom Brady, and that ain't the Jags defense he's facing this week. Tom Brady has a huge game against his uh, his former friend there and defensive coordinator, now new head coach of the Lions, Matt Patricia. Andrew Luck versus Carson Wentz. This is one that should be made for primetime TV. The Indianapolis Colts have their franchise quarterback back. Andrew Luck has continued to make strides, kind of progressing towards being that Pro Bowl quarterback that we're used to seeing. But on this stage, we get a chance to see Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz comes back after sitting out the last part of the year with the knee injury. We'll just check and see, is he rusty? How much confidence does he have coming back off that knee injury? This should be a game where Doug Peterson really gets in the lab, does some cute, creative things to get his quarterback back on track. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be interesting. Luck's playing well. He's playing well. He looks like he's starting to find his groove a little bit. But Carson Wentz, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, with his personality, um, was he going to try and ease in? And I do think they'll try and run the ball a little bit early. I think Carson Wentz is going to be so juiced up and so fired up after missing that Super Bowl run. I think Carson Wentz is going to be moving around, running around. He's going to make everybody nervous, but he's going to make a bunch of plays, including some big plays down the field. I think Carson Wentz ends up the winner of this battle. There you have it, little Bucky's battle. How about that? That was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, nice. All right, Buck. We uh, we had a chance to, uh, to visit with Vaughn Miller and fascinating conversation with him. I want to roll a little bit of our – of our chat there with, uh, we would agree, right, the premier pass rusher in the National Football League, Von Miller? Absolutely. Well, here's our conversation. All right, Buck, excited to be joined by our next guest, courtesy of Old Spice, Von Miller, one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League, joining us now. Von, first of all, appreciate your time, man, uh, spending some time with us today. I, I want to ask you, first question out the shoot here, you, you look like you love what you do as a pass rusher. Tell me the moment when you fell in love with rushing the quarterback. Maybe it was a kid in high school, college. When was it? Um, yeah, it had to be um, it had to be Little League football. Um, it had to be like uh, one of the earliest moments of my career. I mean, my uncle, he was showing me how to rush the pass. He said, you just run the L, and um, you just got to keep everything inside. And I got my first sack in Little League football, and I was hooked. 
You know, in thinking about learning the nuances from your uncle, I find it interesting that you decided to share some of your knowledge with some of the other top pass rushers in the league. Can you elaborate a little bit on what inspired you to have the pass rush summit that you've had? Um, what inspired me? Um, I, um, I had a coach that coached me and uh, coached Vic Beasley like two years ago. And um, he was telling me that um, that he wanted me to work with Vic. And we had won the Super Bowl, and I never got an opportunity to uh, work with him. The following year, you know, we didn't go to the playoffs, so I had all of this time. And then I called up Vic, and I was like, hey, uh, would you want to come to San Francisco and work with us? And he was like, uh, yeah. We um, left that conversation, and Vic talked to the Atlanta media, and he told him that he was going to San Francisco to work with me. And the media just took that and ran with it, and they called it the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit and said I was inviting guys out. And I saw it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I should do it. So I called up all my buddies. I called up uh, Khalil and, you know, uh, Vic, of course, and, you know, all these guys around the league. And we got about 18 guys, and um, we got them together in Stanford, went over, you know, pass rush stuff. And it's just knowledge of the, the game in general, how to, you know, defeat chip blocks and all type of stuff. And we had DeMarcus Ware there. And, and um, it was a great it was a great um, event and um, decided to uh, have it a second year um, at the Ozarks. And, um, you know, here we are today. What would you say going through when you're talking to a young guy, a young pass rusher coming to the league, you've got a, a teammate there, Bradley Chubb, a guy we love coming to the draft. Uh, but what would you say, if you can kind of break it down, maybe the, the three or four most important components of just being a complete pass rusher, how, how would you uh, nail that down? Um, to be a complete pass rusher, I mean, you, you got to be able to play the run. I think you, you got to start with that. I think, uh, you know, so many guys just focus on, um, you know, rushing the passer. And to be a great you know, pass rusher, you got to, you know, play the run first just to get to third down. So I think, um, you know, playing the run solid, being a solid run defender um, always, you know, helps you when it comes to the pass rush. Um, you know, for me, in my opinion, the number one thing to be a, a great pass rusher is the get off, the jump. Um, to, if you get a great get off, that's that's 70% of it right there. So, you know, I like to put a lot of emphasis on the jump and, and a great get off. But sometimes you can't. And, um, you know, right after that, you want to, you know, strike. You want to initiate contact first. You never want to wait for the offensive lineman, you know, to grab you or you know strike you first. You want to initiate contact first, and those would be my points to be a great pass rusher. You got to come to the pass rush summit for you know everything. I know I got to go out there, man. I'm dying to get out there and see this thing. I love it. No, I love it. I I think your your get off what you're talking about. I played in Kansas City on defense behind the late Derek Thomas. And when I watched you play at Texas A&M and I saw your get-off, it really reminded me of 58 and the way that he used to get off when we were in Kansas City playing in Arrowhead. Uh, when you were coming up and you were trying to find different parts of the game, who are some of the pass rushers that you looked up to? Uh, for me, I, for me, I've been uh, great. Um, you know, Derek Thomas was, uh, was one of the ones that I looked up to. But for me, I've had great examples here in Denver from, you know, Elvis Dumerville to Sean Phillips to – you know, DeMarcus, to the young guys that we got with, with Shaq and, uh, and Shane. So I think just being around a lot of great pass rushers has definitely, you know, helped me out as well. What have you seen? Uh, and you talked about your buddy there in Khalil Mack. Obviously, the big payday came his way. Uh, what have you seen in him just growing and, and evolving as a pass rusher since he first entered the league to where he is now? Oh, Khalil, man, he's just, he's just so strong. And um, you, really can't, you really can't teach that or you really can't, you know, learn that. You know, it's, you just have to have it or, or you don't. And Khalil is, is one of the strongest, you know, guys in the league. And, you know, he's way stronger than the offensive lineman that he's going against. And, you know, on top of that, he's he's quicker. Um, he has a great get off and his long arm. I think his, his long arm is uh, the number one, 
you know, move for him. And on, on top of that, he has the ability to do all the other moves, you know. So he just, he just has the offensive linemen just going crazy out there. You know, quickly, during the pre-draft process, your now teammate Bradley Chubb, you compared him and said he had a little bit of your game and Khalil Mack's game. Uh, expand on that. What did you see from Bradley Chubb when you first laid your eyes on him? Um, honestly, I heard I heard Bradley Chubb say that. Like, I heard one of his interviews when he's coming out, and he was like, you know, he likes to take from Khalil and me, and I thought that was dope. You know, you really don't you really don't hit it a lot because Khalil's, you know, a more of a power rusher. I'm more of a speed rusher, and you know, Bradley was saying he wanted to put this together. So I thought that was dope that he was, uh, you know, taking stuff from everybody around the league. And you know, Bradley definitely has the ability to do that. He's he's a special talent. I'm um, I'm super excited to have him on my team. He's super strong. He played run well. I mean, he has a great knowledge of the game, and he doesn't he doesn't really carry himself like a rookie. He, he honestly. You know, feels like he's been in the game for you know three or four years. So it's it's great having guys like that around. How challenging is it right now as a finisher? We always talk when you're when you're scouting guys. One of the key components of a passer, just guys that can finish. You get to the top of your rush and be able to close and finish. When you see a penalty like we saw in, in the Green Bay game on Clay Matthews, uh, how difficult is it to just to do your job and be have that stuff rolling through your mind as you're getting to the top of your rush? Honestly, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. But um, for me, what really uh, works for me is just going for the ball. Um, I think if uh, you put a little bit more, um, you know, emphasis on going after the ball, it helps a little bit. And let me tell you, I got some of the, some of the worst roughing the passer, you know, penalties, you know, out. So I, I definitely this is before the rule, so I already know how, you know, tough it is to uh, you know take the quarterback down. But you know, for me, what helps is just going for the ball. And you know, if they throw the ball, then there's really no reason to hit them. They still got the ball, and you're going for the ball. That really, you know, helps everything. You, you swiping for the ball, you're not really, um, you know, landing on a quarterback or anything like that. So, and then plus, you know, the, the strip sack is one of the biggest plays in football. So, that's what I'm trying to get on top of. That's what I'm trying to get every single time. We know. Tell us a little bit about your affiliation with Old Spice and what you have going with them. Um, uh, I'm back with Old Spice again, um, which has been great. And um, this time around, uh, we're part, promoting the um, new Old Spice former. It's a foam that's instantly lathering. Um, it's, it's a great product, like all the other ones. And also, um, here promoting the foam zone. And um, you can check that out on all this Old Spice uh, social media pages. It's going to be uh, going from uh, 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's a great event. You can catch it on Twitch and you know all the um, social media. Hey, I'm gonna let you go on this one. I'm gonna let you make a prediction because uh, these guys right here they have a they have a pretty big game. This week, your yeah. boys, Texas A&M, Alabama. Can you give us a prediction of what's going to happen this weekend? Uh, I'm going with the Aggies. Uh, probably, uh, I got the Aggies by six points. Is that good? That works. Yeah. I mean, it, works. it works. It works. By one point, we work. <laughs> one point, we work. But I got them by six. I got them by six <laughs> points. Uh, there you go. Von Miller, hey, man, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Uh, best of luck this weekend the rest of the season. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks and giggle. Really, really good stuff there from Vaughn Miller, Buck. Somebody that uh, I love it when guys aren't aren't afraid to work with other people outside their organization, trying to develop young guys and see kind of the, the bigger picture here. Uh, I think that's something Vaughn Miller has really done, and he's really helped kind of elevate and, and become kind of the godfather to these young pass rushers in the NFL. It's it's really cool. Now, it is really cool that all those guys are sharing. I think it is one of those things where you have all that information, all that knowledge, and you play on the other side. Like, you don't necessarily want to help a guy um, that helps 
that knocks you out of the playoffs because he's taking some of your moves and dominates the game. But I do think it's important that they're sharing the information, trying to help each other hone their skills. I like this. I like the thought of a summit for all positions. No Who's the tackle that's going to have to to crank up the the tackle summer camp now that all the all these pass rushers are getting together, perfecting their game? It wouldn't be many plane tickets to pay for because there just aren't that many. I was know, like, interesting. Who, young yeah, right. I was like, who, who's the who's the guy that could could do it? Who's the dominant? Yeah, tackle? Well, I mean, see, they have they have their own crew though with Charles Bentley out there in Arizona. He brings all those guys in. Is it, what did they? What is it? What's the name of their thing? Uh, OLP or what is it? Uh, the late, I don't know what they call it's, it's it. Like O-line, it's O-line, O-line. Either way, yeah. they're in trouble. They but they do. They he brings all those guys in and works with them, so he does a good job there. Um, all right, we heard uh, we heard Vaughn's prediction as we transition here to some college. As we go through these games, we heard Vaughn uh, picking A and M to win by I think he said six points there uh, over Alabama. I guess we can pick that one first. I don't think there's a whole lot of drama there. We're all going Alabama, right, Buck? You're not Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Roll Tide. All right, we all go Alabama. All right, next game up, Stanford, Oregon. This is the two pointer, the two point game. Uh, here, we've got Sully going Stanford. We've got Kent going Stanford. Bucky, who do you like? Oh, I'm going to go with Stanford. I, I, think, I think the physicality and toughness gives them the edge. Well, Sully, hit my music. Oregon at home finds a way under Herbert. This is his, maybe not his Heisman moment, but maybe it's his NFL moment here uh, with Herbert at home. I don't know how good Stanford is. USC's terrible. So that win, you kind of take a little <laughs> bit of a grain of salt there. Uh, we'll find out in this one. That's a tough place to play up there at Autzen. I'll go with Oregon. I'll lone wolf that thing. There's no fear here. Uh, how about Wisconsin at Iowa? That's a sneaky good game. Bucky Badger and the crew, they get back on track. They Look, they, they lost to BYU in a bit of a surprise. They lost at home. I think they are mad when they head up to Iowa. Look for Wisconsin to run the ball. I, 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 just like, I just like the Badgers. I like the Badgers in this one. Yeah, Wisconsin needs to rebound. You mentioned it last week with uh, just getting beat up by BYU. I think they are, uh, they're ready to roll this week. Close game, low-scoring game. I'll go Wisconsin. Sully, you, uh, you like Wisconsin as well. Kent, on the other hand. Waiting. There it is. There's that wolf. There's that wolf. Kent going with Iowa. These are the kind of games that Kent ends up getting us on to when he lone wolfs it and we all uh, we all guess wrong there. TCU Kent. at Texas. Kent, I think I've nailed like three lone wolves this season already. Really? Yeah. Virginia Good Tech, you. you guys called me out on that. I think I, I got one with ASU, Sparky. Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've nailed one every week, a lone wolf. Just just throwing it out there. Hey, hey, do not sprain your elbow patting yourself on the back. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's sprained. I mean, it's already sprained. Yeah, I want you to hurt yourself there. Uh, TCU, Texas. We have uh, Kent, Texas, Sully, TCU. They do not agree. What do you think, Buck? Oh, I'm going with TCU. I think the Horn Pros are a better team. Yeah, I like it. I'm going TCU as well. Again, I keep coming back to, to wins over USC, not really uh, – uh, not really being something to be proud of right now, the way that football team looks. So I'm going to go with TCU as well. Arizona State, UW. Where nobody's taking Arizona State here, are they? No, no, I got UW. I got UW. Sully, you and Kent both going UW, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's the Huskies. We don't need to spend more time on this one. All right, here we go. Georgia at Missouri, three and zero against three and zero. Of course, Georgia has a number two next to their name, while Missouri's still not ranked. That's just that's just that's all about Dooley. There's just no respect for Dooley out there. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not about that. Who, who do you like, Buck? Oh, this is easy. I'm going Ugga. You going Georgia? Yeah. Sully and Kent easy. like Georgia. Sully, hit my music. 
Shocker. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in first place at the end of this week, or I'm gonna be in big big trouble. Uh, this Missouri offense, Buck, is explosive with Drew Locke. I, I think they find a way to get some points here. And when I've talked to different scouts that have rolled through Missouri, they've told me. A lot of NFL dudes on that roster. Of course, they told me the same thing about South Carolina and Georgia beat the brakes <laughs> off. Them. So this time, I'm going to hope that they're right and not wrong, and I'm going to go with uh, Missouri at home, raucous crowd. They find a way to shock the Georgia Bulldogs. Somebody's going to get Georgia. Uh, we'll see if it's Missouri. Uh, Florida, Tennessee. Oh, Sully. Sully. Let's go, boys. All right. We've got Kent, Florida. I'm taking Florida. Bucky, who are you taking? Uh, man, I'm going to take the Gators. Gator chomping. Yeah, and these these are really truthfully two bad teams. But Sully likes to go against his alma mater usually, and uh, let's see what he does here. What do, what do he likes? Oh, Whoa. come on, Vols. Let's go, Big Orange. You got him, huh? Yeah, it's coming down to the quarterback play. Uh, I think uh, Garantano is going to outplay Franks. Oof. Oh man, that's a sad statement. Right. Um, all right, let's let's get out of that game. Uh, this is a this is a great game here. FAU against Central Florida. This is a little Friday night kick. I like Central Florida in this one. Who do you like, Buck? I'm going with FAU. I made Lone Wolf on Kiffins? this one. Yeah, the fighting Kiffins. I think they're running back. Stevenson is a really good player. And then Chris Robinson, the little freshman quarterback, he's a dude. We're going to talk about him. All right, I like it. Then Sully's going. Uh, he's with me on UCF. And Kent's UCF. So uh, we didn't even give Bucky his sound effect here. No, I didn't. I, need, I, don't, I don't need a wolf. I'm good. Yo, you need a wolf. We, we've, had, we've had like give 14 him the wolf. lone wolves. So I'll give it to you. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. A lot of lone wolves here. Oh, man, we got another one coming up here. Washington State at USC, another Friday night kick. Kent's going USC. I'm, I'm going USC, Bucky. Oh, I'm going SC. SC has to get back on track against the – They can't be the, – Let's go Pirates. Whoa. Wow. Let's go Pirates. Oh, wolf on every game. Come on, man. Don't let – The don't Cougar let, Pirates. Don't let, your, don't let your heart get in the way of your head. Oh, like, it, it, uh, I, I don't it know. USC is not very good, man. They are not good. Kansas State at West Virginia, last game. I mean, the fighting Will Greer's. Uh, we're all going there, right? They missed that. That game was canceled, right? Their game last week. Who were they playing last week? Was it NC State? Something yeah, like that, yeah. That was going to be a great yeah, game. That was, I'm disappointed by that. You had two quarterbacks going on there. Uh, uh, we all like West Virginia. No secret there, right, Buck? You're not going K-State. No, no, no. I'm going West Virginia. Will Greer has a big one. Yeah. We all like uh, West Virginia in that one. So those are uh, college picks. Again, okay slate this week. Next week it gets really interesting with some big games. I think I think we have uh, – can I make a suggestion, Sully? Absolutely. Can we do – can we do, uh, because of the big week next week, let's have like a kind of a mid-season bonanza. How about like three two-point games Ooh, next week? I like that idea. I'll Buck, throw it you out can, to Kent. You can, you can uh, veto yeah, that if you like. Let's do it. Or, are you in? I'm yeah, let's get, some, let's get some points. Yes, I like that. All right, okay, cool. We should have – yeah, I like that. We can create some different rules on this thing as it goes along, spice it up a little bit. But I like that. Three two-pointers next week. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Buck, anything you want to hit before we get out of here? No, I mean, we covered it all. Exciting game of college games. I'm excited, man. Trying to get back on tech. Trying to be at number one. Yeah, Bucky's uh, taking these college picks a lot more seriously this year, and it's showing in the results. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for listening, downloading, telling a friend. Leave, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that as well. Uh, Bucky, what about, your, uh, what about your notebook here? What do we got in that thing? Ooh, notebook. We can talk about Fitzmagic. Talk a little bit about Blake Bortles and why Christian McCaffrey is as good as we thought he was when he was coming in the draft. NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. Uh, you want to go check out Bucky's notebook. It's a, it's a must read each and every week. All right, Buck, that'll do it for us. We're out of here. Thank you guys again. We will see you next time here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 